3: Welcome back to the Bill Michaels Show. We continue, and we're glad you're part of our Tuesday as the clouds have moved out. Maybe uh, the disposition gets a little bit better with the sun shining. I know it's going to get a little bit warmer. Uh, It's going to be back up into the 50s here over the next couple of days, uh, creeping closer to our normal anyway, and it's supposed to be a little bit warmer this weekend. But uh, at least, remember this time last year, there was six inches of snow on the ground for the kids to go trick-or-treating. I mean, I don't know what people are doing for trick-or-treating in the pandemic era but nevertheless uh at least it's going to warm up a little bit this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at bud light the official beer sponsor of the bill michaels sports talk network and also bud light seltzer coming up uh here at the uh, on thursday the bill michaels huddle from six to eight uh, bud light seltzer unquestionably good cranberry grapefruit pineapple and strawberry flavors go to bud for all the information let's bring in ryan wood Do you want to know what's going
1: on at 1265 Lombardi Avenue? What's next for the pack? Let's check in with our green and gold insider, Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Brought to you by Thomas Marola Law Offices. Divorce, child custody, and other family law needs. Go with experience. Go with Thomas Marola. Online at MarolaLaw.net or call 414-327-5800.
3: Let's bring in Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press Gazette, packersnews.com, on Twitter, at by Ryan, Wood. Uh, Ryan first of all, did you watch that game last night? Do we now believe the, uh, the Bears are a step behind the Green Bay Packers? It was
0: quite the rock fight, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was, I know, uh, right? You know, that Bears defense is awfully good, but that Bears offense is awfully bad. And the bottom line is that, you know, it's, it's a two-team race in, in the NFC North. I don't think there's any question about that. I know a lot of Detroit Lions fans are, are excited this week, but we'll go we'll down there a little bit. Um, it's a two-team race, and you've got the Packers at 5-1 outscoring opponents by 38 points on the season, and that's with that drubbing in Tampa Bay. On, on wins this season, the Packers are outscoring opponents in wins by 66. The Bears at 5-2 have been outscored on the season by two points and wins they're only outscoring opponents and their five wins by 20. So these two teams are are, are not the same.
3: The, uh, the Packers, will they add anybody, do you feel, by the trade deadline that is of ilk? And by that I mean there's a lot of rumors out there about different players that are becoming available and how they would make a good fit or at least make sense for the Packers to go after in the closing window that is the Aaron Rodgers era. Do you think they make a move?
0: If the right move is out there, then, then certainly I don't think that this GM is going to hesitate to make that move. It's not, it's not the Ted Thompson era anymore. They're, they're not averse to, to making end season decisions, um, and, and they're not just going to wait until the draft if the right move is there. I do think that the free agency picture with this team complicates what they can really do because they're, this is a team that's going to want to retain as many of, of their own as they can they've got a, a, a large talent pool here on this roster, and a lot of that talent is in the final year of its contract. We're obviously, I mean, we've talked about it for months, Bill, it's Dave Bocciari, Aaron Jones, Kevin King, Corey Lindsley, Jamal Williams. There's a lot of guys who are in that final year going into free agency. Um, so it's not just as simple as saying, okay, can this guy come in and, and help you this year? It, it, there's, this spring looms over everything, and, and, and the long-term picture – of, of being a, a, a team that's a contender year in year out is something that every front office is tasked with, with balancing. Um, so I don't think it's, I don't think it's a clear no, uh, but certainly it's not a clear yes either. There, there are big picture implications when you talk about bringing in a player like a JJ Watt potentially, right? Just hypothetically, JJ Watt said to make $17.5 million next year. That's a lot of cash for a team that's going to need as much cash flow as possible to manipulate the cap situation with, with more signing bonuses, more proration, to be able to fit as many of those free agents on their books as they can going past 2020. Um, there's a lot of moving parts there.
3: Correct me if I'm wrong, though. If you cut them loose, there is no dead, dead cap space. No, there's not. And I, I don't know J.J. Watt's uh, structure
0: uh, offhand. Um, the proration would, would count as some dead cap. Uh, I don't know what the proration is for JJ Watt, um, and there's also the possibility bill that they could, you know, it, it, JJ Watt wouldn't have to do this, but if it, if it is him uh, saying, okay, you know, is there any concessions that can be made here? Is there some flexibility? Um, pay cuts do happen in this league, so th- there's there's those considerations as well. Um, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be zero. I mean, there'd be some proration that would count as dead money, I'm sure, but um, even still, it, it, that's that's just an example of if you bring a player of that ilk in, the cash flow is is a significant consideration for a team that is looking at a lot of key free agents going off the books.
3: Uh, at what point, though, if you're the Packers, and I get it, and we keep talking about who will and will not get paid, at what point do you go for it? I mean, this has been a franchise that has basically looked at Aaron Rodgers and says, go win us one. They have done certain things to bolster but they, have they done that move or two that puts you over the top when you look around and you say, you know what, we have a competitive team, but we're one or two guys away from being a real championship-caliber team and really hedging our bets? At what point do you do that? Otherwise, you're telling your fans, we've got one superstar, we'll tread water with him, and maybe we'll get lucky.
0: No, I don't think that they really have. And, I, I you know, the reports that surfaced uh, this morning about the Jets potentially, maybe, I mean, it depends on which report you see, but the Jets potentially being willing to, to move Quinn and Williams, I mean, that, that's that got to get at the, the attention of a team like the Packers, no, no question. Uh, and I understand that if you're a team like the Packers trying to get a Quinn and Williams, you're, you're looking at a, uh, likely a first-round pick for a guy like that. Uh, but, you know, they, they, they've continuously – have have skirted the, the the additions or making any additions at receiver. Uh, the, the talent pool at receiver is is very much in question on this team. Uh, and on the other side of the ball, a running mate with Kenny Clark on the interior of that defensive line is a massive need. So no, I, they, they, they have they haven't made that move. Um, and it, again, if that if that move is out there to be made and, and they feel good about it, I, I don't think this is a front office that that will hesitate to make it. I, the point. Is, is just that they have to do that while balancing the fact that they've got a lot of free agents that they're going to have to pay within the next uh, few months here.
3: Um, talk about this team and the game that they just had. They played a, a bad Texans team, and some look at it as, hey, they got the offense and such back on track. There was more flow to the offense, more rhythm, much like we saw in the first four games of the season when they were undefeated. Uh, it was a lot better, but then again, it was also against a defense that was nowhere near as good as what we witnessed in Tampa Bay. So do you consider this team back on track, or do you consider this team back on track against a bad defense?
0: Both can be true. I think that they did what they needed to do, which is be what do what good teams do against bad teams. They beat up the Texans. The Texans are a bad team. They've had just about everything go wrong in Houston this year, from a terrible trade to... The, the firing of, of Bill O'Brien and, and, and needing to, to, to just blow things up early on in the season. Um, they've had, a, they, it's it's amazing how quickly they fallen from being in the AFC championship game last year. The, the, this is, this is a bad football team that the Packers played and they beat them soundly. And that's what good teams do with bad teams. They don't mess around with bad teams. They didn't mess around with the Texans. So I think that they did what they needed to do to get back on track. Um, I don't think that means that the next time they, they run up against a good defense, um, thinking about not just the 49ers in two weeks if they've had some injuries, but maybe later on in the season when they go travel to Indianapolis and they've got they've got a good Colts defense, a good defensive front in Indy. Those type of opponents, there's going to be questions on how, how, how they're able as, as a unit to go against a team like that, to block up front against a defensive front with, with that much speed as they saw last year against San Francisco, as they saw against Tampa Bay. So those questions still pers- still persist. With that said, yeah, for this week, they did what they needed to do. I mean, I think they got a lot of frustration, a lot lot of pent-up anger um, that they had after Tampa Bay. I mean, they, they took it down to Houston and left it there. So uh, they, they did what they needed to do to get this thing back on track uh, for for the time being.
3: Talking with Ryan what of the Green Bay Press, Press-Gazette and PackersNews.com, did uh, how much – I don't want to say a totality when it comes to numbers, but how much money is Jamal Williams making this year? We talk so much about Aaron Jones and what he's doing, but Jamal Williams is really emerging. I mean, not only in the fact that he's become a better blocker, but he's also become a better runner, even though he's not going to be the bell cow, whatever team he goes to. He's going to be a terrific two and a one-two punch. But now he's proven he can catch out of the backfield. He caught, uh, what was it, six, seven, eight passes last week and or two weeks ago. And now he's catching four or five passes out of the backfield this week. I mean, he's, he's continuing to prove himself.
0: Yeah, you know, Bill, it's, it's amazing that you can lose a player like Aaron Jones, a dynamic playmaker like Aaron Jones late in the week and not change your game plan. And that's basically what the Packers did. I mean, they went with the exact same game plan. That could have been a real scramble for this coaching staff. I think a lot of offenses around the league, it, it would have been a real scramble to lose them so late in the week when, when a foundation for your game plan has been set um, and, and not, have to, not have to really change anything. That's because, you know, Jamal Williams isn't – he's not a star. He's not uh, Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook. He's not Aaron Jones. But he's got this—he's got a lot of versatility. He's, he's that dual threat. He can—he's a complete back, just like Aaron Jones has become. Um, and for his use in the backfield for this Packers offense, he does the same stuff. Now Aaron Jones is the big play threat. He, he does it better, right? But he does the same stuff, nonetheless. Um, so yeah, I don't think there's any question that Jamal Williams is a good NFL back. You know, before the season, there's a lot of questions about you know AJ Dillon. How much could he? How much could he cut into Jamal Williams' playing time? And the fact that A.J. Dillon hasn't cut into Jamal Williams' playing time at all. I mean, even even Sunday, he has five carries. He plays 22 snaps. Jamal Williams on the field for 89% of the snaps. The fact that he hasn't cut into that playing time at all is the best testament that you need to just what kind of a player Jamal Williams is at this point in his career. He's a very fine NFL running back, not a star, uh, but a guy that can absolutely help a team get better and, and
3: help a team win. Great stuff, as always, Ryan. We'll touch base, talk a little bit more about the incoming Minnesota Vikings later in the week, okay? All right, take care. Appreciate it, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. Uh, Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette, PackersNews.com, joining us uh, as well. You can find him on Twitter, at Wood at Wood. Joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair 80-plus years. They've been doing it 85-plus years. Call them, 844-PRIDE, or go to SchneiderJobs.com, 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. Hey, I've been telling you for a while that uh, our friends at Four Seasons Island Resort in Pembine, Wisconsin, uh, first of all, they sold out last weekend. The Fall Fest was a huge success. But don't worry, a lot of great events coming up that you can do and you can socially distance. The Deer Hunters Widows Weekend for the ladies, November 21st, is right around the corner. Turkey Bowling, November 28th. Check out all the details on the website. Plus, there's a great offer. Okay, listen up. Book any two-night weekend stay at the Four Seasons between now and the end of the year, okay, into January, January 2nd. And you get a free night stay because you're going to love it so much during the spring of 2021. you got to mention us, the Bill Michael Show, when you book it. you got to call the front desk right now, 715-324-5800. Get all the details. 715-324-5800. You're going to love this old story, historic eclectic hotel so so cool this resort the whole thing is so cool and you get for a limited time right now the availability to book a weekend and then get a free night stay coming up in the spring so get out of the city head north socially distance yourself swim inside hot tubs inside great dining a lot of fun in the boundary waters pub and grill Hell, when the snow falls, they even have snowmobiling up there. So take your snowmobiles with you. It's a great time. TheFourSeasonsWI.com. That is TheFourSeasonsWI.com. But you call the front desk right now, 715-324-5800. That's 715-324-5800. And see for yourself what they got going on at the Four Seasons Island Resort. Uh, We're going to hear a little bit from Matt LaFleur from just a little bit earlier. Stay tuned. More right after this. Wisconsin-wide,
2: the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.
3: Welcome back to the program. We are glad to have you. Hey, first and foremost, some breaking news you've got to the Wisconsin quarterback, Graham Mertz, has been confirmed that he did test positive for COVID. So um, Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports uh, first reporting it. Mertz will be out a minimum. Uh, This is bad news for Badger fans who are really excited about Graham Mertz. Um, minimum of 21 days per the Big Ten protocol for players who test positive. No word yet on Chase Wolf's status. But uh, nevertheless, you've got uh, Graham Mertz being confirmed that he did indeed test positive for COVID. So not, again, the news that you wanted to hear today regarding the Wisconsin Badgers. By the way, breaking news. On the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network, brought to you by Pennzoil, made with natural gas. And the proof is in the Pennzoil. But, um, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a tough way to go. Tough way to go. So, you were kind of hoping that you would be able to come out of this and say, Ah, it was a false positive. There you go. But, nope, No, nope, not going to happen. Yeah. So, bad stuff.
2: Peace up,
3: Welcome back. We find out that Graham Mertz so the uh, Wisconsin Badgers has indeed tested positive. For COVID, and according to the protocols set forth by the Big Ten, is now down the next 21 days. In the meantime, you've got other issues because you've got the, the other quarterback, Jack Cohn, who injured his foot in practice. He's out for a while. Chase Wolf didn't practice yesterday because he's waiting for the uh, the post COVID test results. So whether or not he's actually got um, actually got COVID. So then that leaves Danny Vandenboom. Um, as their other quarterback at this point. So now you're kind of looking to see who is going to play the position as the Badgers get set to take on the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Meanwhile, we've got our friend of the show and uh, good guy Jerry DiNardo from the Big Ten Network, the analyst there. You can find him on Twitter, at Jerry DiNardo, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Jerry, not good news for the Badgers, but if we go back to the game and the start they had against Illinois, boy, Graham Mertz certainly burst onto the scene, didn't he?
4: Yeah, you know, Bill, there's always a lot of hype in recruiting, and there was a lot of hype with Graham, and this is one of those cases where the hype was uh, justified. He, he looked terrific. I, you know, we did something on him pregame and, uh, on this urban analysis thing that Urban Meyer and I do, and, you know, Urban bragged about him. He tried to get him in Ohio State, the whole thing. So we knew physically. He he was very talented. I think what we didn't know is his maturity and his poise and the way he, he interacts with the team. I mean, it was pretty impressive for a young guy. So uh, it's a darn shame that he's gonna he's gonna be out for a while.
3: Um, obviously, quarterback play being huge and being what it is, what does this do? I mean, if you're a coach and you're faced with you know your starters gone, your other starters gone, your backup is gone. I mean, it's. What does this do to your ability to play call and handcuff you as a coach?
4: Well, if my math's right, this is the fourth quarterback they could be playing with, right? So, Right. Uh, I, I, you know, I guess if anyone is equipped to handle this situation, it's probably Wisconsin. You, you know, most teams are running the spread, and if you run the spread, the program goes as the quarterback goes. Well that's not what that's not the box that Wisconsin's in. So they can make it with a run game, they can make it with defense, but they are playing a much improved Nebraska team that I, I, I mean, I don't think that it's good I don't think anyone on the Nebraska team feels like I'm glad someone I'm glad some of our competitors were sick, but but this certainly is strategically uh, something that, that Nebraska can take advantage of. And this is, as I say, a much improved Nebraska team. But, you, you know, if anyone can handle playing the fourth quarterback, maybe it's Wisconsin. You know, I'm, I'm not sure that there shouldn't be some protocol that says if, in fact, a certain position has been impacted at a certain level because of COVID that, you know, we rethink whether the game should be postponed.
3: Is this where you turn to the defensive coordinator and Jim Leonard and, and their ability, that defense's ability to really stymie whatever it is, Nebraska or whomever their next opponent? because you got Nebraska, Purdue, and Michigan. So their next opponents, you're really going to have to rely heavily on the defense until your offense either begins to get into a rhythm or if your offense doesn't, this is where your defense, and, and even though you lost Zach Bond and company, you really need to, quote, I hate to use the cliche of step up, but they do, for lack of a better term.
4: Yeah, I would even take it a step further. You know, this is where Paul Chris sits with Jim and Joe Rudolph, right? I mean, I I would do this every Thursday because the, I, I'd want my offensive coordinator my defense coordinator to know the entire strategy of the game. So this is when three of the finest coaches in America, Paul, Joe, and Jim, get together and say, here's how we put this thing together. What we... What, what was good strategy last week or last year against Nebraska or before we were playing off fourth quarterback or before we lost some of the players on defense, that strategy doesn't apply to this game. And so they'll put their heads together. And, and Paul, I, there was an article recently that he's one of the most underrated head coaches in the country. I think that's a tr- very true statement. He'll put this thing together to give them the best chance to win the game. If it, even if it is the fourth quarterback.
3: Um, now I look around the rest of the Big Ten. Nebraska just got just got beat up by a really good Ohio State team. So Nebraska, coming off of that loss, when you say a much improved Nebraska team, how much could you tell uh, coming out of a game like that against Ohio State?
4: Well, I think you look. If you're Nebraska, you look at the beginning of the game, right? They scored. They, they were hanging in there. Uh, they they look like they're uh, stronger. And and deeper at some positions, you know, McAthley really helps with Martinez. It, it just looks like a, a better Nebraska team. You know, we missed going on the bus tour and all that. And that's usually where we start out. So this would be like watching a Nebraska practice. They just look better than they than they did a year ago. And uh, Big Ten game, a tough schedule that that's playing out and. I, I just think they're better everywhere that, that, that I could tell watching them play.
3: Looking at uh, going to some of the other games in the Big Ten, uh, Purdue knocks off Iowa. Was that somewhat surprising uh, that the Boilermakers came out so fast and furious against a, a pretty good, what we thought was going to be a real, you know, a tough team, a tough a tough out in the West of the, of the Iowa Hawkeyes?
4: Yeah, I, I, I picked Iowa to win the game. That, yeah, I, I thought Brian Brown Stepping to Jeff Brom was going to be an issue. Bob Diaco, first time or new defensive coordinator at Iowa, you know, without the head coach there. So I, you know, I focus on a lot of game management things and a lot of the coaching angles. I and, and I thought that Iowa had the edge, mostly because Jeff Brom was out. Brian Brom, new play caller, and Bob Diaco, a new defensive coordinator. But they played really well. Uh, Aiden O'Connell had a great game. Bell had a great game, and. Their offensive line looks better. You, you know, Bill, the offensive line at Purdue since Jeff's been there, and even before Jeff got there, actually certainly before Jeff got there, their offensive line has been slow to develop. Uh, just like Northwestern, I mean, there's some teams in the conference where the offensive line is like the opposite of Wisconsin, right? You can always count on Wisconsin have a good offensive line. There's some programs. Penn State was like this with Bill O'Brien and early in James tenure until they got better. These offensive lines have been slow to grow. There's not as many high school players playing that can be recruited in the offensive line. There's a lot of reasons for it, but Purdue's offensive line probably played better than I can remember since being with the Big Ten Network.
3: How about your Indiana Hoosiers, man? I That was an upset. I mean, I thought Indiana is an – I've said it very quietly that Indiana is a team to just kind of keep an eye on because when you look over the fence, they have gotten steadily better. You see better talent going there. You see them with a system, something they can believe in, and, and damn, they got Penn State 36-35.
4: Okay, and, and let me tell you about this. I feel pretty strongly about this. When I was there, I said, this is going to take 10 years. And, of course, people looked at me laughed, and said, what do you want, a 10-year contract? And I said, no, I'm just telling you, this is, this is a long-time rebuild. When you look at Kevin Wilson and then Tom Allen was Kevin's defensive coordinator, this is the 10th year of the Wilson-Allen program. And I said this after the game Saturday. Yeah, yeah, it was a great win, Bill. I mean, absolutely a great win, but it's bigger than that. This program is solid now. Will it ever be one of the best programs in the East? Probably not. But this is a solid, good program. Hey, we all knew that, that I thought Penn State would win the game, but we all said Penn State's going to have to play to win. They can't just show up and win, and that's exactly what happened. But great win for Indiana, but more than that, I think this Tom Allen, I think he's going to break Bill Mallory's uh, 69 wins, which is the school's record for a football coach. I think Tom Allen will become the winningest football coach in Indiana history the time he's done.
3: It was a good start to see the Big Ten back. Jerry, I appreciate your time with us. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Let's just hope the Badgers are able to feel a football team and uh, we're able to continue on with the Big Ten season, pal, okay?
4: Thanks, Bill. Appreciate
3: it. Appreciate it, buddy. Talk to you soon. There you go. Jerry DiNardo of the Big Ten Network, the analyst there. You can find him on Twitter, at Jerry DiNardo. And it was a good start to the Big Ten season. It was a good start to be able to see Big Ten football. Let's just cross our fingers that they're able to continue forward. Badgers obviously with some COVID adversity now. Hopefully they're able to play. Hopefully they're able to play at a high level and continue to get wins. And uh, and just, you know, cross your fingers everything goes in the right direction. Even though the news today, Graham Mertz is uh, positive for COVID. That has now been confirmed. He will now sit out via the Big Ten protocol for the next 21 days uh meanwhile our own radio joe he's got a, a vehicle to tell us about
1: i love my brand new hyundai sonata sport it is such a great car i love every little facet about it but you know what else i really love i love great customer service and my friends at hyundai west Dallas are just that did you know that they are the number one overall store for customer satisfaction well, when you walk in, you'll see why. What they're doing to their showroom, their service drive, the staff at Hyundai West Dallas, they take your safety very seriously. You'll notice that when you walk in, they are all wearing masks and they're wiping down everything. And when you bring your car into service, they even put steering wheel covers on so no germs are able to get past. And don't worry, guys, if you forget your mask at home, like I do from time to time, they have free ones there just for you. So why do I say all of this? Well, it's pretty easy. It's just one more reason why you need to get your new car from Hyundai West Dallas. They have the lowest prices in town, the best inventory, and they're the most respectful when it comes to your safety. They even have discounted prices. On the 2020 21 Hyundai Palisade, the best-selling SUV around. Hyundai West Allis is located just off of Highway 100 in West Allis, just a quick 15-minute drive from, say, Waukesha or maybe downtown Milwaukee, and not too far either if you're coming from West Bend or Kenosha. And when you go in, if you mention my name, Joe Zenzola or Radio Joe, you will receive an additional $500 off on any new or used vehicle in their inventory. Hyundai West Dallas, where their ordinary needs to be extraordinary.
2: Border to border, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Now, a green and gold update, brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin, Veterans Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu veterans. In Green Bay,
1: here's Mike Clemens. The Packers have signed a veteran wide receiver to the practice squad, Seth Roberts, in his sixth NFL season, now 29 years old. Roberts has been with the Raiders, the Ravens, and was released yesterday by the Carolina Panthers. Packers running back Javal Williams had a big day against the Texans with 114 yards in combined yardage and scoring a touchdown. He talked about his opportunity with Aaron Jones out with a calf injury. On certain plays, when I get those opportunities to, to just go out and do what I can to help our team get first downs or get those large chunks of plays, it just gets me excited. And I, you know, I'll just be trying to get the juice going for the team, and you know, but just doing it in my way, just being me out there. Packers head coach Matt Lafleur.
0: I think as a runner or any player on this team. As a matter of fact, no matter who's up in the lineup, you always got to be ready to go. This was a, a good opportunity for Jamal to get a bunch of snaps. And you, you got to prepare like you're the starter at all times. And we he is a starter. Really proud of his effort. And we've got all the confidence in the world in Jamal.
1: That's Matt LaFleur. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show.
3: This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Van Horn Automotive. Van Horn, where they uh, they want to buy your car. If you're looking to sell your vehicle, consider Van Horn. uh, Because you can just go there, sell it, walk away with cash. Don't have to worry about getting another one. If you want to get another one, you can. Otherwise, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. No big deal. They can say, hey, go ahead, here's the cash, walk away. Otherwise, they got new, they got used. Go to vanhornauto.com. That's vanhornauto.com and see for yourself. That's the reason I've been to them four different times because they're just that good, whether it's for service, new car, used car, cars, trucks, you name it, and many different makes and models all over the state of Wisconsin and in Iowa as well. Go to vanhornauto.com. That's vanhornauto.com. It's interesting because Jeff Garcia has said the same thing that I've been saying. And I know some people say, well, you know, it's been a little bit too much via the criticism. But uh, Jeff Garcia, uh, formerly of the San Francisco 49ers, their former quarterback who now worked with NBC Sports out in the Bay Area, said that, you know, hey – You go into this game with only two touchdowns, talking about Cam Newton, four interceptions, you threw what, three more interceptions, you get yanked in the second half, there's nothing good going your way, why are you dressing like that to bring more attention to yourself? I'd be trying to ask the equipment managers to put me in your jock sock cart and sneak me in the back door, and I'll show up on the field and do the best that I can. Uh, And Cam Newton obviously responds to this, but look, I've been saying this for a while, Cam Newton's been more about the fashion than he has been about being a good quarterback. He just has been. Go back and look at his history. He was always a little bit flamboyant, and then he started getting over the top and getting more into himself, and he's worried more about what he's wearing at the podium than he is actually playing on the field. I've said that for a long time. I've taken a lot of criticism. Show me the difference. Ever since he walked off the stage at the Super Bowl, he hasn't done anything, and that's a fact. And I, Whether or not people think that uh, Garcia was too critical of Cam Newton's you know, choice, that's fine. But I've said the exact same thing. He's wor- more worried about fashion than he is about football, and that's his problem, and that's why he's never going to be a great quarterback again. I believe it. we got a lot more on the Bill Michaels Show. Stay tuned right after this.
2: 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk
1: Network.